0: everyone welcome to another edition of the Jim and the King NFL podcast. I'm Jim, sitting over there is Denver Dave and we're here to talk about the NFL. What up Dave?
1: What up? I'd so my quality is a little better than last week.
0: Well you both, know, it's uh,
1: Both audio and content. Exactly. Lockdown week
0: two for us over in the UK. Uh, so I am in my house and Dave is in his. Uh, observing all the rules, but uh, still wanting to do the pod. So we're going to do the week 10 review slash week 11 preview. Uh, let's get on straight with the games. Dave, unless there's anything you want to mention first? Nope. Cool. Okay. Let's go back to the very first game of the weekend, shall we? That was the Colts against the Titans. Uh, it was an AFC South matchup on Thursday night in Tennessee. The Titans started well with the first half touchdown for Donta Foreman and a screen run from Titan Johnny Smith. A Gostkowski field goal worked because it was at least 50 yards away as well, so that was quite nice. Uh, Internappis didn't have a bad first half either. Naheem Hines was the most targeted Colts running back this week, had a receiving touchdown. Roddy Blankenship got two field goals through the Titans up 17-13 at the half. However, only one team pushed on in the second and that was the Colts. Hines got his second touchdown in the game. And then the Titans saw a pump blocked and returned for a touchdown by TJ Carey. Goskowski missed his eighth field goal under 50 yards before Jacoby Brissett was brought on for a QB sneak touchdown. The final score in this one, Dave, was Colts 34 Titans seventeen, and both now have a six and three record
1: yeah Colts was significantly the better team in this game, especially in the second half um, they' uh, it was a num uh, the Colts last season in twenty nineteen were the least penalized team in the in the league, and there's been a couple of games this season where that hasn't been the case so this year uh, this game, for example, there was nine individual penalties, and the majority of those came in the first half. Um, cleaned up the rack significantly in the second half there was no interceptions no fumbles no uh, turnovers in this game whatsoever it was a pretty clean game from that perspective but the well it was uh, Operation Colts you know every single phase of the ball completely in the second half
0: hmm a good game as well for Michael Pittman he had more receiving yards in his last three games combined so obviously Robbers is, is enjoying throwing to him for a change
1: yeah I mean, Rivers actually throwing to anyone without interception is quite a good. It's quite a good progression for him.
0: Over three hundred yards in this game, rarefied air for Phil Rivers,
1: and no interceptions as well.
0: Even <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so that was Thursday night. A bit of an upset there, really. Obviously, the Titans uh, did have the better record going into the game and were favoured. But uh, there you go. All came together for them on, I mean, on Thursday night.
1: In last week's picks, both of us had the Titans to win. So it's certainly. Uh, certainly was an expected game for the Titans to come out.
0: Exactly. Should we do the game
1: of the week, Dave? It depends what your definition of game of the week is.
0: <laughs> well, it wasn't, the, uh, it wasn't the Broncos. This was the Buffalo Bills at the Arizona Cardinals. A relatively subdued first half. One trick touchdown with Isaiah McKenzie throwing it to Josh Allen. Uh, and then six field goals, three apiece to see the Bills into halftime with the lead 16 points to nine. There was a Kenyon Drake fumble, led to a Cole Beasley touchdown for the Bills. The Cards' next drive saw Kyler Murray running his first rushing touchdown in the evening. Then Josh Allen gets picked by Patrick Peterson to set up Kyler's second rushing touchdown of the evening. Then the QBs exchanged interceptions. First, Kyler got picked off by Jordan Poyer. Then Josh Allen threw his second, this time to Drake Kirkpatrick. The Bills thought they'd won the game, though. With just 34 seconds left, Stephon Diggs scored a 21-yard touchdown to put them up by four points. Of course, it will not happen next. Kyler uh, managed to scramble left, stop, and then throw a Hail Mary. 43 yards into triple coverage. Good job the Texans don't have DeAndre Hopkins anymore because he was there to bring it in as the clock hit zero. Final score was Bills 30, Cardinals 32. Talk to him about this game, Dave.
1: Yeah, that game always going to be remembered for that final play. Um, doesn't matter how good the play was throughout the rest of the game. It's defined by that one moment. And the moment was a wide receiver who they bought in for not much money who was given away by... Uh, I want to say, a franchise who are doing everything wrong, bought in by a franchise who are doing everything right. Yeah, And it just goes to show what good scouting and uh, good cap management will do for you, which I never thought I'd say that about the Cards.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Steve Conn's not known as a master negotiator, but obviously when you're dealing with Bill O'Brien, anyone can look great.
1: Handy from a baby. I mean, the big thing with this is Kenyon Drake. So um, I've been a big fan of Kenyon Drake ever since he came out of college. I think he was from Alabama Mm -hmm. and he's never really hit the heights in the NFL. And this was a hundred yard game for him. Um, There's always a down point with Kenyon Drake. And that was obviously the fumble, which uh, I think the Bills even went on to score from. Um, But there's also an injury, which means then they're not too sure whether or not he's going to be playing next week. Um so it's a bit of a downer for him it seems as soon as he gets any kind of momentum he gets an injury as well so uh, it was a great game and uh, I think you're probably right other than the Bills Texans uh, other than the Browns Texans this was obviously game of the week
0: oh I love your sarcasm Dave you're right to bring up the, the rushing actually yeah, because the, the Cardinals had 217 rushing yards and the Bills only had 73 and most of those were Josh Allen scrambles so yeah not a lot going on the ground for the Bills.
1: For a long time, though, we've been saying the Bills are a bit funny in the way that they run the ball. They've got Singletary, who looks dangerous every single time he runs it, but they mm. sparingly use it.
2: Mm.
1: And instead, I mean, Zach Moss, yeah, okay, Moss looks fine, but he doesn't look as good as Devin Singletary does, and I just don't really understand it. Has he got a bit of a a lingering injury that the Bills don't want to really let on about? I mean, I'm not too sure, but... The wide receiving core for the Bills is looking better and better every week with uh, Beasley might just be the sneaky, good pick of the season from a fantasy perspective. I had him and let him go and that was a stupid thing. Um, then with Diggs and Brown, again, it's uh, their receiving core is absolutely superb.
0: Well, I mean, both of those players, of course, you know, Stephon Diggs and um, DeAndre Hopkins were both brought in in the off-season. Um, the Bills were yeah, in draft capital for Diggs, but... It, he really is a difference maker on that team. He, he's focused yeah. at the moment. He's getting the, the lion's share of the recept- receptions from Josh Allen. So he's happy. And you know, it's, he's keeping the Bills competitive in games when last season they didn't really have that threat. Um, so we're knocking them on the door, but never really getting the wins. I know they lost this game, but this was a freak throw at the end by Kyler you know, well, and, and brought in by someone any- who was arguably one of the best receivers in the game. So.
1: Well, any any game that you lose by three points is, you know, it's a game either way. So it kind of, it counts as a loss, but at the same time, you could take significant positives away from it. Um, again, unless it's the Browns versus Texans game, which was also three points, but let's move on from there. So, but in this, when you've got, when you've got the likes of Stefan Diggs, other players around you get better mm. just by definition. Right so if you look there, at thanks. Isaiah McKenzie, right? Mm. Isaiah McKenzie started off at Denver as a pump returner and was no good at that. I mean, quite often he'd fumble the ball forward further than he'd actually return it. Um, but in this game, you know, he's so last week he scored a touchdown. This this week he threw a touchdown. Yeah. So And he's now become their sort of gadget king. So it shows that other players are able to learn from the likes of him. And also they become more open and more... Uh, you have more ability to be able to use them. But... No, I think it's two teams who are on their day as good as each other, and it was a really good game and close at the end. Mm.
2: Have
1: it's we t- come up? If, has there been a name allocated to this yet? Because normally you have, you, know, you have the Mile Howe Miracle, you have the, what was it, the Minnesota Miracle, you have all that kind of stuff. There was the Mile Howe Miracle game, they're as well. a, is, is there, is, They're saying Hail Murray, aren't they? The Hail Murray, go for the Hail Murray. I mean, hopefully it's not the last one.
0: Oh, I doubt it. There's only 43 yards or so, you know. It's just in the triple coverage. It was just so strange that DeAndre came down with it. But
1: there you go. Well done to the Cardinals. And it was interesting that Skip, interesting that Skip Bayless was saying the throw was better than the catch. Now, <laughs> I don't see how, but whatever. We'll move on well, from Skip it. says a lot of things. So he, he, he does. He does say a lot of things.
0: <laughs> yeah. Let's do the Seahawks at the Rams now, shall we? So a divisional game from the NFC West it was an off day for the Seahawks away to the Rams. Seattle got the first touchdown of the game. A rush by backup running back Alex Collins as Chris Carson is still injured. Sean McVeigh hates Cam Akers, so it was Darrell Henderson that got one back for the Rams. Uh, then Malcolm Brown chimed in with another Rams to rushing touchdown. Jamal Adams forced a fumble on Goff, but two plays later and Russell Wilson was seeing his touchdown attempt picked in the end zone. The Rams went in 17-13 and up at the break. The second half got even more messy following a second touchdown of the game for Malcolm Brown. There was a botched snap from the Seahawks, and then Wilson threw another interception again to Darius Williams. Um, though the Rams couldn't score off it, they took more time off the clock, and the Seahawks couldn't catch up. Final score in Los Angeles was the Seahawks 16, Rams 23. Um, we talked about kind of surprise results, Dave. Well, see, no one was really picking the Rams going into this, even though they were playing at home, because their offense has been kind of plodding, not really dynamic, like the Seahawks has and, they're, and the Seahawks offense has been so dynamic it's been kind of covering up for their defense this week however Sean McVay obviously
1: got the better of them Yeah I think I didn't think this one was necessarily too much of a shock if you look at the difference between the teams yes the Seahawks are great on offense but defense they're terrible I mean if you look at yards per game conceded on defense they're the worst in the league I mean they're not just the worst in the league by a little bit they're the worst in the league by a ton. So with the number of teams that are taking buys at the moment, I think you have to look at um, yards per game. They're averaging 448 yards against them. The second second after that is the Jags, who are 415s. They're a decent, decent amount above. Yes, they play in a harder division, but even still, 448 yards against them. And that's Pete Carroll, who's a defensive coach.
0: He's just been given a new you know, contract
1: can- as well. Well, compare compare that to the Bills. The Bills are the second best, so you have got the worst defense against the second best defense. And the Rams—they the have a uh, Rams. Sorry, the Rams have the second best defense,
2: mm.
1: and they're conceding less than three hundred yards a game. So a lot of the time, I will I will naturally side with the defense, especially when we're going to be entering a time when more and more teams are going to have to be practicing remotely and are going to have to rely on that defence because it, you you have to practice offence. You have to. It's all about timing. It's all about snickness. It's all about making sure you're on a level par with whoever you're throwing to or whether, whoever's receiving from you. Defence, you can kind of have more individuals. And as long as you've got a few decent players who are able to coordinate, the likes of Jalen Ramsey, the likes of... Um, on, on the offensive line, Aaron Donald, for example, having these types of stars is going to help you significantly. So it doesn't surprise me too much that the Rams won. I don't think it was that much of a shock. The only thing that's covering up for it is how good that Seattle offense is. But this week, they just got humbled and humbled badly.
0: Well, I'm pretty sure you did pick them last week. The Seahawks to win. No, this. I
1: did. But if, yeah, no, absolutely. But I remember saying it's a close call, but I'm going to side with the Seahawks because they've got Russell Wilson. and. Um, in hindsight, I don't think it was a terrible pick, but I don't also think that the Rams winning was that much of a shock.
0: No, well, well, no, okay, it, it seemed a little bit surprising just because of how how many points the Silks have been putting up this season. If you said they'd only be held to 16, it seemed a bit strange, really. And the rest wasn't score one touchdown either. I mean, through two interceptions to, uh, to no touchdowns, that's almost unheard of. I
1: agree. I agree. That is a shock. In the past, I, I remember saying last week that in his past four games, he'd had nine, uh, in his past four games, he'd had nine in, uh, interceptions or mm. um, turnovers. And, you know, that continued this week. So he's obviously having a bit of a rough time with it. But if we boil down what Seattle are and it's again, it's exactly what I said last week. The run game's crap because when was the last time their, you know, their chief running support it was been fit? They're relying on Alex Collins, who's, I like Alex Collins, I'm a fan of his, but he's been of the league for a whole year. Chris Carson's, injured again. Travis Homer's is not a running back and the defensive lines garbage. Mm. What, you know, what, what help does he have? I mean, he's got DK Metcalf, who's got three men draped over him for the entire game. And then it's left to Tyler Lockett in the slot to really, you know, do the damage. And then on defense, they've got Jamal Adams and that's it. There's not much else that, I mean, as a Broncos fan, there's no one on that defense apart from Bobby Wagner and, you know, and um, Adams that I would take. I don't think I'd swap anyone else, in all honesty. And our defense ain't that. I mean, he's all right. It's top, it's top fifteen or so. But top 15, yeah, <laughs> there aren't many. Number. Yeah, there aren't many. You know, statistically, we're better than that. But I don't think we we actually are. I think st- mm. the statistics lie a little bit, seeing as we played a lot of shit teams.
0: Uh, we'll talk about the
1: um, Bronco soon enough, mate. Don't worry about that. I don't. I don't think we need to this week. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying. Lot, I don't either. think there's any. I don't think there's many from the Seattle team that will get into what is not a top defence. So it is just mm. a bit surprising that the Seahawks have gone this way. Uh, I think that the how they lost is more of a surprise than the fact they lost.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Let's go on to another game then. Let's go on to another game. I want to do the uh the Chargers at the Dolphins. So this was hyped up as a battle of the first round rookies. The Chargers could have made a jump up for two in the draft but waited and got Herbert at six. History would determine whether that was the right move but currently two is 3-0. and oh. Herbert's one and seven. Uh, the Dolphins blocked a punt on the Chargers' first drive, thanks to that man, Andrew Van Ginkel. Again, it set up a Miami for a one-yard rush from Salvan Ahmed. Ja'Keem Grant caught one from Tua uh, to put the Dolphins further ahead. Before a botch snap was picked up by Chargers' defense and ran back into Dolphins' territory. Justin Herbert ran in a touchdown on the fourth and one to make the halftime score 17 to seven in Miami's favor. The Hunter Henry touchdown catch got the Chargers as close as they were ever going to get to taking the lead in this one. After Azavian Howard pick of Herbert and another two-a-touchdown throw, this time to Durham Smythe, even a Keenan Allen throw with two minutes left couldn't help the plugs, and the final score was Chargers third, 21, Dolphins 29.
1: I think Justin Herbert's really unlucky because he's, everyone's sort of cooing about him and saying how great he is, but at the same time, he's not winning games.
2: He's um, not winning games.
1: I mean, that might just, be, he's going to win games this week because they've got the Jets, but... Um, I think it's it's difficult for the Chargers because I just don't think they're as good either side of the ball as, um, as the Dolphins are. I don't think they're as well coached um, and they're certainly not as good on special teams either. Um, so it's a difficult one for the Chargers, but essentially they got beat by the better team. Um, And I personally prefer Tua than I do to Herbert. I mean, Mm. the game, when you look at it, it was just constant pressure. The amount of times you saw Tua thrown with pressure on him was negligible in comparison to the amount of times you saw Justin Herbert being hurried. And it wasn't even about sort of deep pressure. It was just by the fact that they were making it uncomfortable for him and collapsing the pocket inside. They're also doing that that pincer movement that we've seen teams do against uh, Lamar Jackson, where they sort mm-hmm. of pinch you from outside. And if they're going to force you to run, they do it through the middle. Uh, and it was interesting that the Dolphins were doing that against Herbert. And I, I don't think Herbert struggled, but that's where his inception came when he was stepping forward. And I, I can't remember if there was a, uh, a deflection on it, uh, but they basically held a guy who's been seen as a bit of a baller to 187 yards. So it was yep. They were making sure that he wasn't able to throw it to the outside and containing him in the middle. So a good play from the Dolphins, but it's what the Dolphins do. They're well coached and they make right choices. It sounds eerily similar to a Belichick team, which considering yeah it does, doesn't it? Yeah, considering that Flores is a Belichick disciple, it doesn't it doesn't uh, yeah, it doesn't bode well for the rest of the division for years. He might be come.
0: the he might be the one disciple that works out for for Bill Belichick, I think. But you know, maybe I mean I he, say that about Herbert. I uh, to notice that that yeah he. He does like to duck his head and run, and obviously the dolphins knew that, so they took that that out away from him, so to speak, you know, if they get some pressure on him, he can't just bail, he can't just bail and pick up the first down with his legs.
1: Yeah, when you look at the beginning of the season, when you're looking at hard knocks, the one thing that um, Anthony Lynn was saying to him is you have to go through your progressions quicker. Mm -hmm. And if you put pressure on him and make him even, I don't care how much you improve, and it's the one knock you have on new quarterbacks, don't go through the progressions quick enough. So that's looking at your first receiver, looking at your second, looking at your third, it's surveying the whole field. And when you're putting outside pressure, because no one likes pressure coming from the outside because you get hit and you get hit hard. And that's normally when the big fast guys get you rather than the big slow guys through the middle. So that's Mm -hmm. when you can really get hurt. And that's what you want to do to a rookie quarterback, make him nervous and make him throw in positions he doesn't want to and make him hurry his progressions. And I think the Dolphins did that really well. And to a certain degree, Herbert did really well to actually not collapse in that situation because we see a lot of rookies do that. I mean, You were sceptical of him coming into this season. You were a big, big critic of him. How has your opinion changed?
0: He's obviously outplayed anything that he did in college. I'll tell you that for nothing. Uh, But there are some gaping holes in his game that I think that the Dolphins just gave you a little, little peek of of what you can do to this guy. Uh, An even better defence. Obviously, the, the Dolphins are still a year or two away from being proper contenders. But they've got the blueprints going there. And I think that when Herbert comes up against a truly good defense, he's gonna, you know, it, it could be that awakening moment. Either he sinks or he swims. But I've been, yeah. I've been obviously, you can't help but be impressed on what he's done so far. Although I would just say that Terod Taylor managed just as many wins with eight less attempts. This is the, true.
1: But uh, <laughs> I mean, the losses Herbert, so. that they have, the losses that they have suffered, can't really be put at his door. Um, the one thing that I did read earlier this week, though, is apparently he's got a haircut now. Yes, he which has. means which means that his helmet's going to be able to fit a little Because you can't use the same college helmets as you can in the NFL. So what that means is that his helmet's going to be able to fit better, which means he's going to be able to see the field more and run through his progressions better. That is apparently something that I saw. I've never heard some tripe in my entire life. Or like
0: Samson, he's lost all of his talent with his haircut. I mean, it looks like he's cut it himself with his left hand. maybe. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well this was this wasn't just his lowest uh, this wasn't just his lowest amount of yards during the season it was uh, his lowest rating as well so it wasn't just the it wasn't just the, the amount of yards he didn't get it's what he was doing wasn't as well his lowest mm. previous to this was in his second game against uh, the Panthers so yeah he is the fact that he uh, his friend the least amount of yards first time under 200 and uh, yeah he's there's he's definite Definite
0: uh, improvements need to be made. Let's do an AFC West game now, Dave. The Broncos visiting Las oh, Vegas gosh. for the first time, but this was their fifth straightaway loss to the Raiders. A relatively quiet first half with just one touchdown, an 11 yard run by Raider Josh Jacobs, but two interceptions from Broncos' number one QB, Drew Lock. Denver wasn't really punished for those turnovers though, and the score at halftime was 10 6 to the Raiders. Another Josh Jacobs touchdown in the third quarter spurred Locke into life, and he threw two more interceptions which some of the greats like Matt Schaub, Jameis Winston, and Phil Rivers. Ex-Bronco Devontae Booker got two more rushing touchdowns for the season. In between, the consolation score for Deshaun Hamilton, looking to make up for an earlier fumble, but the Raiders took this one. Final score, Broncos 12, Raiders 37.
1: Yeah, it was garbage this game. It really was. It, it, um, we, the Broncos at no point established a run game. No. Um, Drew Locke was he threw 47 times in this game and was severely hurt in the second half. Um, at one point, I remember texting you because he took a massive hit from behind like an enormous hit from behind. And I think it was um, Cole Nassip, yeah, he's the ma- masquerade from the uh Browns hard knocks episodes isn't he? Yeah, yeah, um. So he hit him really hard and he looks as though he'd broken something and it's been confirmed he has severely bruised ribs, which might keep him out this week. And then he went ahead and threw two absolute dimes, one on third down and one to basically take his forward to hit a field goal because um, obviously he's allergic to throwing touchdowns.
2: Mm. So uh,
1: I, at that point I was thinking, okay, so he's showing some balls, he's showing some good again. And it's what we've seen in previous games. As much good as he, as he shows, he regresses at the same time. And it's to the point, now where I'm thinking, okay, previously you have given him a bit of a pass because he hasn't played many games. But now Drew Locke is just, he's not progressing at all. Um, and it's coming to that point where do we say, okay, enough's enough and we need to start focusing on looking at getting someone else next season? Or do we stay with Drew Locke? I mean, it is a decision for people who get paid much more than I do. Um, but at the moment, I see no benefit in sticking with him right now.
0: Well, I think Matt Ryan might be available.
1: Yeah, behave. Uh, Well done, the Raiders, though. Raiders were efficient all the way through. Uh, And it was a Derek Carr performance, really. Uh, A couple of stupid decisions he was made. And there was quite a few times, I think, three on the row where he went downfield just because they were kind of taking the piss and uh, they knew they could do that. So it didn't really matter all that much and then they ended up punting it. So actually his completion stats looked a lot worse than they actually were. And to be honest, they just ran the ball an awful lot because that's all they needed to do and the game sort of petered out to a, a, an early finish, really. So, so no, a Raiders... Typical
0: Derek Carr scoreline. Zero touch pretty much. zero
1: interceptions, 154 yards. <laughs> yes, but they get him into position and then they run it in. That's that's uh, just what they do. Yeah, yeah. Um, um,
0: some yeah. other quick stats on this game, Dave. So, Denver kept just 66 yards rushing on 19 attempts, which is under 3.5 per attempt. That's less yard- and also less yards per pass than Derek Carr as well. Um, and before this mm. game, the Raiders only had five takeaways. These were all fun facts given to me by Punk Raider.
1: Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. It was, it was a shit-the-bed game versus a, a defense that had no right putting up those kinds of stats because they <laughs> are not good enough. They were gifted. Um, well, yeah, it was a shit defense against a shit offense. And guess oh, what? Defense no, won. no, 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 It were just was raising
0: the Raiders a minute ago. Come on, give him some
1: shine. They played well. Uh, no, I think they, they, but they, they did play well on offense. On defense, you know, they were gifted interceptions and they, those takeaways. They didn't earn the takeaways. I mean, they were given to them by stupid decisions on offense. Um, Pat Shermer came into this game saying that they, are, you know, the Broncos need to run the ball better and then what do we do? We put in our worst rushing performance of the season and some of that was because of he was the defensive right. line of the Raiders <laughs> no, he was absolutely he was right some of it was because of the uh, defensive line of the Raiders which I think is better than most people give it credit for
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, but at the same time I don't think the Raiders defence is what won this game it was the uh, efficiency of the offence and the offence is significantly better than people give it credit for
0: Okay, so we've done your team. Let's do mine. So uh, Bengals rookies, yeah, okay. Joe Burrow and T Higgins, continue to grow their bond with the first half touchdown on Sunday. But Ben Roethlisberger cleared from the COVID scare at the start of the week, found Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster to help see the Steelers to the half 22-7 up. In the second half, Ben found his own rookie wide receiver, Chase Claypool, twice to ease Pittsburgh easily past the Bengals in the AFC North matchup. Final score in this one was the Bengals 10, Steelers 36, and the Steelers, Dave, are now 9-0. and
1: yeah, there's not too much you need to say about this game. It was the best team in the division beating the worst team in the division. Mm-hmm. Um and the Steelers continue to show why they are unbeaten. I thought that they started the game really well in the Ruins cruise control for the rest of it. Yeah, finally we didn't as play as down
0: so much to our opponent. we, um, we did that against the Cowboys, no. but this time we uh, kept the foot on the neck. Bengals
1: that's the Steelers thing to do. That's that's what the Steelers do, you know. Steelers yeah, know we play do. down to bad teams. Yeah. Um so yeah, the fact that you didn't is good. Your rushing game was garbage in this game though. It's the one the, thing with do you know. Yeah. Still got, still the, you need you you need to improve your rushing game, um, especially against teams who aren't gonna be so generous in allowing you to throw over three hundred yards on them.
0: Well, like I said, I, I wanna see Anthony McFarlane get more touches in the game, so maybe they'll start looking at him a
1: bit a bit more. It's, it's not very often, though, that you play against a team and they have, how many was it, 12 or 13 third down attempts? Yeah, uh, And they convert. They converted zero. That's right. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's quite an achievement. Yeah. Uh, well done. Well done, Bengals.
0: <laughs> Bengals. All right, well, there we go. There's no need to talk about that game anymore. Just another win. Nope. Okay, so let's go for the 49ers versus the Saints, shall we? So there's a slow start for the Saints on Sunday evening as the busted-up 49ers managed to jump out to a 10-0 lead thanks to a touchdown pass to rookie wide receiver Brandon Ayuk. But two Alvin Kamara touchdowns, one a rush and one a catch, moved the home team ahead by halftime. And that was during the first Saints touchdown drive that Breeze got a strong tackle from Contavious Street. Breeze finished the half, but the second half was a chance for Jameis Winston to have a go again. The Saints defense got some shine with two interceptions on Mullins by Malcolm Jenkins and Patrick Robinson. Kamara got yet another touchdown against a team that's struggling to score full stop. And the final score in this one, Dave, was forty-nine to thirteen. Saints
1: twenty-seven. Yeah, I'm still not sold on the Saints. Uh, it's been announced now that Drew Breeze is out for the next at least the next two weeks. Yeah, so Fraction they're going to be starting James Winston. Lung, they reckon, not they? Yeah, it's just because he needs a couple of weeks off mid-season. I think that's all it is. Um, oh. So yeah, the, the Saints get to see what their future looks like with uh, either James Winston or <laughs> Taysom Hill. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, Jameis Winston threw sixty-three yards this week. Drew Brees threw seventy-six yards, and Alvin Kamara ran fifteen. I don't really have a huge amount else to say about this game, other than it was really dull.
0: I mean, the That's Saints only had two out. of twelve uh, completions on third down as well, so yeah. not. It
1: should have oh, been it a was, easier. It was. It was uh, so this season. There, there, there was more punts in that game than. I've, I've seen for a long time. So I think there was double-digit punts between them. And, I mean, it's ridiculous because all it was was the, the, a game of three and outs.
0: Mm. So
1: the worst thing the Saints can do is believe that they're any good because right now they <laughs> really are not. Well, they always believe they're good. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> the NFC South, Dave, where well, the
0: Bucks managed to get the bile out of their mouths after last week's 38-3 spanking by the Saints. started well for the Carolina Pampers, though. After a fumble by Ronald Jones was recovered and Colin Thompson got the first touchdown of the day for Carolina. They then found themselves 14-7 up at the end of the first quarter thanks to a 24-yard DJ Moore catch and run after Cameron Bray had put the visitors level. Mike Evans caught one in the end zone to see it tied 17 each at the half. Second half saw Ronald Jones atone for his earlier fumble with a 98-yard rushing touchdown. The QBs exchanged rushing touchdowns of their own, but Rob Gronkowski touchdown put the cherry on the win for Tampa Bay and the final score was the Bucks 46, Panthers 23.
1: Yeah, as, as bad as the Bucks were the week before, they were as good in this game. Yeah. Um, they were efficient all over the ball, uh, converting on first, second and third down consi- consistently. Consi- same goes on fourth down as well. Uh, very few penalties. I mean, they're exactly what they weren't the week before. Uh, mm-hmm. The week before was their worst game of the season by a long stretch. And hey, who knew? Establishing a run game helps you in the year. <laughs> Warshaka, same thing happened this year over five, nearly 550 yards this week yeah um, the Bucks showed that they are a decent team but I think they're fragile as well and I think they're one of those teams if you can get to them and get to them early you're going to have success you if mean you the allow pattern. them to establish a lead no no the Bucks oh, okay the Bucks are one of those teams who if you get to them early right and you right. establish you establish some kind of real lead. I'm not talking early in the first half, I'm talking uh, in the first quarter, I'm talking first half, because I think uh, the Panthers outscored them in the first quarter, but by the time we went to half-time, I think it was pretty much level. If you can put them away early and make them do what they don't want to do, which is you know control the game through the air, uh, that's when you're going to get most success. And I think that's when coming up against a team like Kansas, for example. I mean, I know they're in opposite division, but uh, conference rather. Mm-hmm. Um, but a team who is able to just go out and blitz 14 points in the first half and 10 in the second half, the Bucs aren't going to be able to keep up with that. I don't care the fact that they scored 40 this week. That's irrelevant. They're still not that good on offense.
0: Well, they were putting up double-digit points from the second quarter onwards. On the other side, yeah. the Panthers only converted one of nine third-down attempts, held to 65 rushing yards and less than half the Bucks' passing yards. So yeah, it's a bit of a I mean, climb down for the Bucks. They're uh, sorry for the Panthers this week.
1: Well, the Panthers are a really young team, so mm. it's not too much of a surprise that they up up one week and down the next week. I mean, that's kind of what you expect. But it's what we said, you know their their future is just is about it's about what they do in years to come. It's not what they about what they do now. The Bucks are a win now team. You know yeah. they're not looking two, three, four years ahead. The Panthers are. So these are two teams at very different points in their career. Um, and quite frankly, I think the Panthers will probably come away from that thinking, okay, we, yes, we, uh, you know, yes, we did yes you know, we lost the bucks and they scored twice as many points as us, but there's huge positives we can take out of that game. because um, if you look at the actual talent on the rosters, the bucks win in every single position. Um, apart from running back, probably. But other than that, they win all over the shop. <laughs> and I just don't think the uh, the Panthers can keep up right now. And their records show that, you know, one's three and seven, one's seven and three.
0: Mm. Okay. Time for the bizarro game of the week here, Dave, as the Jacksonville Jaguars just didn't roll over in Lambeau Field. Sure, Marcos van der Scatling got the first touchdown on a 78-yard catch and run. But Keelan Colden got himself a 91-yard point return, touchdown to put the Jags in front. Rogers ran a touchdown himself in on the next drive, and an interception on Jake Luton saw the Packers into halftime, 17-10 up. In the second half, Keelan Cole got a traditional wide receiver touchdown. Then Rodgers got picked by ex-Philadelphia Eagles Sidney Jones. The Jags could only muster a field goal from that turnover, and Green Bay were able to back go back down the field with a game-winning pass to Devontae Adams to finally claim the win. The final score here was Jags 20, Packers 24. But my God, did they have to work for it.
1: Yeah, this was another case of playing down to your opposition because the Packers were sloppy. They didn't establish the wrong game. They didn't do the basic fundamentals that they needed to, which is disappointing because I've got Aaron Jones in fantasy. (laughs) Um, I think... The Jags are one of those teams who can make you look bad. So they're like one of those tricky Central European boxers who, you know, will slip your punches and hit you, make you look worse than you are. You win the fight, you win the fight on points, but you just don't look good doing it. I think that's what happened for the Packers. I don't think the Packers were ever actually in danger of losing, Mm. um, but they just look terrible doing it. And there's certain football teams that do that. The Bills a couple of years ago, the Bills are the team you'd always be, but you'd look crap doing it. And you come away thinking, we should have won that a lot better than we did, a lot easier than we did. But the defence spoiled it and made it look worse. Um, And I think that's exactly what this Jags team did. The Jags team has got talent, especially on defence, and they just made it look harder than the Packers needed to make it look. What you wanted from the Packers is for them to stick a real, a real score on the Jags and for the Jags not to actually score many at all. Um, but as it turned out, second quarter for uh, Green Bay was the real highlight. After that, for the rest of the period, they were pretty shy.
0: <laughs> and that was that. Was really? So another yeah. scour your eyeballs game. And wouldn't you know it, the Browns are involved again. The highlight and only points in the first half was a 41-yard Cody Parkey field goal on the first drive. (sighs) Nick Chubb was finally back from injury and chimed in with a touchdown to make it 10-0 after the Texans missed a field goal of their own. Watson did manage to find Pharaoh Brown for a touchdown to make it 10-7 with just five minutes left, but the Browns closed it out after Chubb ran 59 yards, then cut out of bounds at the one-yard line to secure the win. Final score in this atrocious attempt at a game was Browns 10, Texans 7.
1: So the most exciting thing that happened in this game was the Donovan Peoples Jones one yard kick return. That tells you everything <laughs> about it. He caught so the ball went up in the air. This is literally this isn't even me trying to be funny. This is the yeah. most exciting thing that happened. The ball goes up in the air, he catches it, doesn't signal for a fair play and gets mowed. Like absolutely destroyed by the uh, Texans um the Texans That's special teams. About five minutes later, he's then returning a punt, And uh, guess what? He calls a fair catch. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was the most exciting thing that happened in this game. I have nothing else to add.
0: Awful, awful, awful. Wheels have fallen off the Texans completely now. Yeah. Ah, oh, dear. It's, it's a yo-yo division, that won the AFC South. Either you're winning it or you're bottom of it. Ask the Jags for more details on that one. Uh, let's go <laughs> yeah, I to... Think Sorry, go on. I was only
1: going to say, it's tricky if you're a Texans fan because you can look on your team and see real talent, but at the same time, you just see huge, big gaping holes and you don't have the capacity to be able to fill them either in cap space or um, draft capital. So it is really, really difficult to um, to see any bright sparks in the future for them.
0: Yeah, it's a long tunnel they got to go through.
1: Yeah. Like short redemption. Oh... But- <laughs>
0: I want to go to uh, the Washington football team against the Detroit Lions. So this was a game for the rookie running backs and not for the blood pressure of either fan group. John Joe Swift got the scoreboard churning on the first drive for Detroit. Marvin Jones broke coverage to help put the Lions up 17-3 at halftime. Swift got his second touchdown in the game to start the second half. There was a different Washington team that emerged and they scored on every drive. First, a rushing touchdown for J.D. McKissick, then two touchdowns for Washington's rookie running back Antonio Gibson plus a Dustin Hopkins field goal with 16 seconds left, made it 27-all. But the final sting was that Stafford managed to connect on two passes and Matt Prater nailed a 59-yard field goal as time expired to snatch back the win. Final score in Detroit was Lions 30,
1: Washington 27. Out. I mean, it is it is harsh, but I mean, I picked the Lions and I'm a secret Lions fan. So. You are, yeah. In this game, though, in this game, though, there was 88 passing attempts in a in a game between Matt Stafford and uh yeah. Alex Smith, so it's almost like this game happened about five years ago. It, <laughs> uh, but no, it, it was great because what you had is two older quarterbacks who know the game inside out and are crafty, and rookie uh, running backs who were really applying pressure on on the ground. So um, Gibson didn't get too many yards, but the yards that he did get were crucial. They were crucial third downs and scoring two touchdowns as well. Whereas DeAndre Swift was absolutely immense. there was one point where I think he converted as 12 yard uh, third down which I think they're only getting into position for a field goal basically. And as it turned out it it turned out to be a touchdown. I think it' was the one that he actually caught in the end um so he was he was crucial because he was all over the place this week he's uh, he's overcome the difficulties he had at the beginning of the season where his drop catchers were actually losing in games yeah um but no it, it was it was a very entertaining game, and especially because I kind of like the uh, washington team and uh, I love the Lions. so yeah it was really entertaining for me it was just a shame that Red Zone didn't really show more of it. They were too obsessed with other crowd pleasing games, let's say. <laughs> yeah, teams that are actually playing for something. I don't care. Every <laughs> game's as important as the others, unless it's the Browns-Texans.
0: <laughs> so to the NFC least, talking about games that matter, mm. we seem to get a divisional game from this lot every week, Dave. Uh, this time it was the yeah. Eagles at the Giants, and Daniel Jones seemed determined to beat the Turf Monster running in a 35 sorry 34 yard QB draw uh, to get the scoring going. Wayne Gorman got another rushing touchdown to make it 14-3 at half time. Second half we had a 56 yard Boston's got rushing touchdown for Philly, another touchdown for Gorman and then a the final rushing touchdown for the Eagles courtesy of Corey Clement. But the Giants Phil God kicked their advantage to take the win. Final score here was the Eagles 17, Giants 27. This game was trash.
1: <laughs> this game's trash. The division's trash. I mean, I, li- I like the Giants. Uh, but when you concede in 30 odd yards on a QB draw, yeah. it's ridiculous. That, e- that e- The Eagles team that had success was the fact that they were able to take out an entire defensive line and bring in an entire new uh, defensive line to replace them who were as yep. good as the first lot. Mm-hmm. and now they have none. They have no offen- no defensive line that's going to apply any pressure. Their defensive line, they're not winning the line of scrimmage at all. Their offensive line is garbage and cannot protect Carson Wentz. A lot of it is through injuries, I concede that. Mm. But with the Saints, with the Eagles, it happens every season. There's massive injuries constantly.
0: Everyone gets injured. And
1: yeah, but I mean, there's, there's been times in recent years, though, the Eagles have been decimated. All of the Eagles' injuries are at one position a lot of the time as well. Uh, which probably doesn't help, but it happens That's every season. Then. Every single. I don't know necessarily if it's that. It just. I think some of it might be luck, but the fact it's happening every season says something. Uh, but no, I mean the the fact that the Eagles and the Giants are both top of that division with three wins. It you know it, it kind of says it kind of is a bit of a mockery to everyone else. There's other teams. I mean, the Seahawks have won six games and they're currently sitting third in their division. So it kind of says uh, a lot about this division, really. It is ridiculous. I mean, the kind fact of that one of these teams is going to go into the playoffs is a joke. I know the Eagles, have drawn the game, which means that they're top. Um, but even still, they are the worst team that's currently leading the division. The worst team is leading the division I've seen in a very long time.
0: The Eagles were 0 nine, of nine on third down conversions, averaged under five yards a pass, and only completed 21 of 37 passes. This isn't the same I mean, Carson if, Wentz that got drafted a few years ago. This this guy no, looks plays, like he, he, plays, got he got injured one, yeah, He's injured too many times, and this isn't the same person anymore. I'm, I'm really yeah, worried. Get, about
1: but, but because of that offensive line, he has to play every single down as though it's the last down of the game. But so he was always running scrambling. about
0: for his life. He used to better get out of these things. He used to better, used to better scramble and appear. Yeah, he
1: can't do He's not doing it anymore, Dave. He can't do that anymore because it looks as though they're a there man light on the offensive line. There's always, on every single play, there's always someone applying pressure. He used to better I don't deal care with who that who you He's are. not dealing with it anymore. That's what I'm no, saying. he couldn't. That's, that's not true. He was never dealing with this pressure. He was dealing with, pressure but it wasn't on every single play where there was multiple people running at him constantly he was dealing with people who were rushing him but now it's constantly he's taking a snap knowing full well he's going to have people in his face before he can go through his progressions and it's happening all the time what he needs to have is some kind of offensive line in front of them that he's got some kind of faith in i don't think it's over for him he just needs to go somewhere where and i think it will be away from philadelphia where he'll find it or it'll be away from uh, that offense there needs to be a, a reconstruction on that offense but he needs to be able to take a snap without thinking okay i'm going to get smashed in about four seconds because at the moment that's all that's happening and every single play he's having to get off before he gets hit so it's not a case of him dodging pressure and getting out of it every you know every five or six snaps it's happening every single down this is it's worrying, you know, especially with a guy who gets as injured as bad as he does. Because the last thing you need is Jalen Hurts coming in and getting smashed the same way as a rookie. He just doesn't need it.
0: Well, no, I'm just worried that we're kind of covering for. You're blaming the offensive line, and some of it's got to fall on Wentz eventually.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't. I, I'm not saying that he's got a. I get a jail free card because some of the some of the throws he is making are dumb. But at the same time, when you're hearing footsteps constantly, it's not too much of a surprise. So I think the offensive line does have to take a, you know, the brunt of the blame. But certainly, you can't play like you have this season and when it's come away with that without any blame. So you're right there. But the majority of it does come from the fact that he has got a turnstile in front of him, not an offensive line. We'll see
0: how it goes. We'll see what happens the rest of the season. But um, not looking good for the year.
1: We, we know what's going to happen. One of the teams from the NFC is going to qualify. Yeah, one of them is going to qualify for the, uh, uh, the wildcard game. And we're all going to be really looking excited, looking forward, and excited to the playoffs. And five minutes in, they're going to be two touchdowns down, and we're going to go right. I'm going to go to the puff. Well, probably not actually because it would be locked down. But you know, you're <laughs> just going to be bored of the game because it's what is a playoff game that's a complete waste of time watching. I don't care who they're playing.
0: Two games left. Two games left. Let's start with the uh, the Sunday night game. That was the Baltimore Ravens at the New England Patriots. Despite the records, this was not an easy game for the six and two Ravens. In increasingly poor weather, Lamar did manage to get the first touchdown of the game with a shuffle pass to Willie Sneed. Cam Newton responded with a touchdown pass of his own to Rex Burkhead seven plays later. Burkhead then caught a pass from wide receiver Jacoby Myers to put the Pats on top. A Lamar picked by JC Jackson ensured that New England went into the halftime with the lead. JC Jackson just very quickly, that was his, I think, his sixth interception in four games. But um Bill Belichick has pulled as restricted him from being able to be added to the Pro Bowl because he's going to be a restricted free agent next year. So Mm -hmm. that's typical Belichick. Uh, Back to the game. Cam Newton scored his 67th career rushing touchdown with the first drive of the second half. The Ravens flubbed a fourth and one and the Pats got an easy field goal to make the second Willie Sneed touchdown and moot point. Patriots took this one. Ravens 17, Patriots 23. What do you reckon, Dave?
1: Yeah, I mean, Patriots win in Boston in a monsoon against the quarterback who doesn't throw it too well um not too much of a surprise when you put it into that perspective but on JC Jackson he's one of the guys who only ever plays bit parts but he's a headline grabber I don't think he's necessarily that good he's a cornerback who's not too big but he's a headline grabber and he'll end up getting a big contract somewhere and we'll never hear from him again because that's what happens (laughs) I hear Detroit calling (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Could you imagine? They're going his
0: last act. <laughs> Bring him in. Yeah, yeah.
1: On the way out, just going, inside yeah, sign this lad. He's amazing. Um, so that's what happens. Uh, yeah, but hang on. Hang he's... on. You say
0: about New England winning in the monsoon, but surely the Ravens, who aren't known for throwing the ball, should have done well in this
1: game on the ground uh it, I mean the thing is it kind of doesn't matter too much when you play a Belichick team because they make you play their way um they they used to play in this weather more often than not, and the Ravens don't and when was the last time the Ravens really played well in bad weather with this kind of balmy setup? Baltimore yeah yeah well, but no, no no, but they don't necessarily play this well in 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 uh, bad weather the amount of times we've seen them flunk it in bad weather and new england new england patriots are experts in it so it doesn't shock me too much that it was it, the game went this way i mean it was the weather was horrendous i mean utterly horrendous to the point where By it's really difficult to run the, the ball. start of the game wasn't that bad even still it was still pissing it down for the entire game and lamar jackson just doesn't throw the ball well you can't run the ball every single down, and Lamar Jackson still had to throw it thirty-four times. Cam Newton only threw it eighteen, so the Ravens were almost being forced to throw it over the top, and were being tempted by defensive schemes, and were constantly being stopped. So it was, it was one of those games where I think the uh, Patriots out coached and outplayed. Ravens and um, it, it was a relatively close game in the fourth quarter i mean it was awful i don't i don't know if there was any point to that fourth quarter no, we're if not. any team managed to get us no, if any team managed to get a single point in that fourth quarter, you're legendary because it was bloody awful. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was. It kind of just was what it was. I mean, the Patriots were canny and, and uh, funnily enough have probably taken themselves out of the running for one of the top quarterbacks at the moment because now I think they sit around about 10th in terms of the uh, draft picks.
0: Oh, 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 I can tell you this. They currently sit 15th.
1: Bloody hell. I mean, yeah good luck Patriots, you shouldn't have won this game. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the Patriots are only, this is a funny thing, the Patriots are only two games behind the Ravens and the Ravens were lauded by some as having a potentially, you know, they they could have a a defeatless season, they could have a perfect season. (laughs) Yeah, Um, That was Colin Coward. They're 6-3. and Uh, It wasn't just him that said it, there was a few other people that said it as well, but yeah, I mean, it is it's one of those things. Everyone gets carried away with the names on paper. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it kind of is what it is. Their season's a bit up, up and down now. You know, it's up in the air. Are they going to get a wild card place? Because the AFC's got some decent teams with some decent records in there. So they're very much fighting for their lives now.
0: Last game of the week then was Monday Night Football, NFC North affair. It was the Minnesota Vikings at the Chicago Bears. Carl Rudolph fumbled in the first drive of the game for the Vikings. A tip pass to Harrison Smith gave the ball right back on the second drive. Cousins used that to reset and find Thielen in the end zone with a one-handed dive to start the scoring. A couple of drives later and Khalil Mack was picking Thielen's pocket to turn the ball over and a couple of field goals later, thanks to Caro Santos, the halftime score was 7-6 to Minnesota. Cordero Patterson got his eighth career kick return touchdown to start the second half, but that was as good as it got for the Chicago Bears. Adam Thielen got his second touchdown of the day and all the Bears could do in the second half was punt four times and turn that over on Downs another two times. This is the Bears' fourth straight loss with the final score at Soldier Field. The Vikings 19, Bears 13.
1: Yeah, there was another punt double-digit punts in this game. Um, and I think the Bears were utter, utter shy in this game, completely. <laughs> less than 150 yards. So, I mean, bring in Trubisky. why? What have you got to lose? At least he's going for it downfield. I don't understand why the Bears Braves. are. Well, I don't understand what the the Bears are. What's their identity? They're not a team that runs it particularly well, less than 50 yards. I think it was only 42 or 43 yards in this game. Mm -hmm. Um, The defence is stellar. The defence is quality. Their offence has got nothing. Um, And yeah, it's a real concern if you're a Bears fan because that's the first... I think I'm right in saying it's the first win that kirk cousins has had on monday night football League yeah in we should attempts. give a special
0: mention to kirk cousins he's now one and
1: nine no that doesn't that doesn't deserve a special mention it really doesn't go on kirk it was it was the fact that on third and fourth down the bears converted Goal. two of 12 or two of 13 i mean the bears are two, it's, of, it's two of 11 up.
0: on third down efficiency over two on fourth down
1: yeah, so it's just not acceptable, you know. It's really not. When you're coming in, when win's you're coming into a game in, well, not not if you're the best because you lost. No, I'm talking about Kirk <laughs> Cousins. Oh, well done, Kirk Cousins. One in ten, I'm sure it's a record he's proud of. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I mean, he has one more win on Monday Night Football than I do. Let, let that sink in. <laughs> you're 11, <laughs> 11, I, 10, a few losses. <laughs> yeah, I have fewer losses. You do have fewer losses. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> you're at five hundred. Yeah. It just was not a game. I mean, I got up on Tuesday and I spent about. I start. I watched the first half. I was about forty minutes, in, and I thought I can't watch this anymore. So I just went and watched the ten minutes highlights. I mean, I just it just bored me senseless. There was nothing to it. The I mean, I love a good defensive highlights. scrap as well. No, I was watching. That. I was. Watching, I'd, I'd take the game and watched it. Was watching it back as I was going, and it was just it was garbage. It was, there was nothing. It was just a punt song. I just couldn't get through it. Well, that I was found it. it. Hard.
0: That was it then. Let's not talk about it anymore, Dave. Those were the games that happened. No. Um, let's just look at the picks then. So it was between you and Bradley. So thank you very much, Bradley, mm-hmm. for putting your picks in last week. Um, Dave, out of, a, out of
1: 14, you got. Okay. Eight. Got nine. That's not bad. That's all right. It's not bad it was a all. couple of weird results. Um, mm-hmm. What did I get wrong?
0: So you got the Titans wrong because the Colts beat them. Okay. You picked the Eagles to beat the Giants, the Bills to beat the Cardinals. They were 30 seconds away from doing that. Seahawks to beat yeah. the Rams and the Ravens to beat the Patriots.
1: Mm, okay. No, I mean, they're not ridiculous picks. I got all of the <laughs> other names right. So yeah, I'm done with that. That's fine.
0: And Bradley got nine as well.
1: Oh, I have to <laughs> stop drawing. Oh my God. Okay, I mean, that's good. Well, well done, Bradley. That, was, uh, that is a good effort.
0: Bradley also picked the Titans to beat the Colts, the Washington football team to beat the Lions, the Broncos to beat the Raiders, Seahawks oh. to beat the Rams, 49ers to beat the Saints, and uh, that was it. But he did pick the Patriots to win. So, and the Giants. That's
1: a good, Got those two. That a good mm, mm.
0: Yeah. So the overall score is still the People have 97, Dave has 93. So yeah, we're just holding that gap.
1: be we. You're meant to be on my side.
0: I'm not on your side. I'm never on your side, Dave. <laughs> Such a then. <laughs>
1: That's it. This week, I am. This week, I am picking the Jags.
0: <laughs> you go ahead, mate. Please pick the Jags. <laughs> Come on, I dare you. a double dare. You. <laughs> yeah, right. We're talking about uh, picks, and Dave. What about your uh, your bets? How did that get
1: on? Terribly lost. I would, by Thursday night. I was done. Yeah, uh, the uh, you put the I Titans in the... your betting. Yeah, Titans. Well, won always won to... avoid a Thursday night bet, guys. Just in case. Yeah, uh, I had Titans. They lost. Browns. They won. Packers won. Raiders won. Seahawks lost. Uh, Saints won by a fingernail. Uh, Saints uh, won by a fingernail. And uh, Buccaneers. So I lost two of far, uh, two of seven. Mm. Um so I won the square root of Jack.
0: Yeah. Well, I joined you on that one as well. Um yeah, well you picked the Eagles. Said. I did pick the Eagles. <laughs> yes. And the Ravens and the Seahawks. So yeah. But the Packers, Raiders, Steelers and Saints did come in for me. So um, Yeah,
1: I am on a run now of uh one, two, three, four oh. weeks without a win. Yeah. Oh no. Barren times, you know what this means next week. Feels like Dave. So next week, I'm gonna (laughs) rock it.
0: (laughs) Okay, okay. Uh, what else we've got to do? We've got to do oh fantasy stuff. Then, Dave, how'd you get on this week in fantasy?
1: Oh, fantasy. Um, lost. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was looking really, really close until the Monday night game. Um, I was playing Philly site, and then Adam Thielen went up and posted double-digit scores um, and it wasn't so close after that. So um, just to put it into perspective, I got, are you ready for this?
2: Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm.
1: lowest score in our league this week, I got 68 points. Boom. If you're going to lose, Dave. lose badly. I had one player in double digits and that was my quarterback.
0: <laughs> well, at least he was made double digits. I had Russell Wilson, he did not make double digits on his uh, his points, unfortunately. Yeah. And I, I've I've ridden with Russell Wilson. I'm going to die with Russell Wilson. So he's he's won me some weeks. He lost me last week. Um,
1: Your backup got back. you 30 back. points. Terrible.
0: Yeah, I, I my 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 bench running backs got me more than uh, my starting ones. So yeah. wrong decision there. Cost me. And they took the loss to the guy who is now top of the division.
1: So, yeah, I've made. just sent you, I've just sent you a trade request.
0: <laughs> I will reject that as soon as I see it. So, you don't know what it is yet. <laughs> it doesn't matter, Dave. It's
1: you. Yeah. Whatever you do, mate, is going to be awful. All right, let's see it. So I've, I've offered uh, you John Brown for Naeem Hines,
0: and I, I shall reject that.
1: You need a little bit more help at wide receiver, so I'm trying to do you a favour. <laughs> so one place I'm stacked.
0: <laughs> Giving you one of my running backs. I can't afford to, so go away. Right. <laughs> that
1: was fantasy. We both lost. Damn. <laughs> um, this week, I've got bottom of the league, um, and I'm really worried I'm going to lose. I really hope you do.
0: <laughs> I might start coaching her now on uh, <laughs> yeah. trades to make. Waver-wise yeah. to pick up. Let's yeah. take a quick break, Dave, and we'll come back and we'll do the picks for week 11, and we'll also do uh, the bettors as well.
1: Yep. Sounds like a plan, Batman.
0: Welcome back, guys, to part two of the Jim and the King NFL podcast. This was the week 10 review slash week 11 preview. Dave, we've done week 10. Let's move on to week 11. So we've got our picks this week. It's uh, Andy. Who I believe is a yep. Cowboys fan, so commiserations there, Andy. But thank you very much, for you and for giving us the picks for this week. Up against Dave, yep. I have his picks here, Dave. So all I need now is who you think are going to win the week th- week eleven games. So, which
1: means one thing: yeah, who's certainly not going to win those carnage. games? Carnage, <laughs> utter carnage.
0: Let's start with Thursday night, then, shall we? It's an NFC West matchup. It is the Arizona Cardinals at the Seattle Seahawks.
1: Now, one team's coming off an amazing performance um, and a great finish to the game, and another with uh, a whimper and a press. So I believe form is temporary, class is permanent.
2: <laughs> right, well. Who
1: knows? I'm always wrong. So I am going to go with the Cardinals for this game.
2: Okay. If you just right. said
1: to me at the beginning of the season that. I'd have gone with the Cardinals rather than the Seahawks. I would have thought you were mad. Mm. But uh, yes, I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go for the Cards. You ain't no crazy no more.
0: There you go. (laughs) Andy's also gone for the Cardinals. So we have got a a match there. So on to Sunday. First up, it's the Philadelphia Eagles at the Cleveland Browns. I feel another ice scouring coming on here, Dave.
1: Oh my God. Um, I mean, you can't really bet against the Browns in this game. For all everything I've said about the Eagles offensive line not being able to withstand pressure
2: mm-hmm.
1: the Browns pass rush it, i mean it's insanity how much success they could have against that offensive line so you can't look past the browns but on Are his you... day Carson Wentz what well, on his day Carson Wentz is not just better than Baker Mayfield he's he's a different level so the Eagles yeah, could come away with something yeah. based on yeah based on the fact that they've got a better quarterback but you have to go for the browns you have to
0: well, you can go for the Browns, and he's gone for the yep. Eagles. Brave. There we go. <laughs> mad or brave, or mad or foolish. Well, I went for the
1: I went for the Eagles last week against the Giants. We um, got burned, so You're that's good. another reason why I'm not going to go for them.
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's do an NFC South matchup then. It's the Atlanta Falcons at the New Orleans Saints. No uh, breeze. I don't
1: think it is. I don't think it is. This is the Atlanta Falcons versus the Jameis Winston-led Saints, which is a very different. <laughs> no <proposition. like> breeze. <laughs> uh, no, but it's the Jameis Winston bit, which is mighty important because last year he they used were to play in the Falcons. Breeze. Last year they were without Breeze and hmm. uh, Teddy Bridgewater earned himself a starting quarterback role out. He did, yeah. So, yeah, this is this is Jameis Winston's turn. You know, this is where he has to go in and be big. Thomas I just don't. He has, he, yeah, he's exactly his time to track. I just don't see it, especially what we saw last week as well. The Saints were not good. Um, the this difference is the could be, he's up against. Surely, I know, a that's the thing. It, it could be that Alvin Kamara ends up running for 300 yards and he ends up winning the game, but I'm going to go for the Falcons.
0: Okay. Just,
1: just for a bit of controversy.
0: <laughs> well, Andy's gone for the Saints. So, another difference there of opinions. Then we've got the Cincinnati Bengals at the Washington football team.
1: Ooh, okay. Mm. Uh, And that's in Washington, is it?
0: That is in Washington.
1: Um, So last week, the Bengals couldn't move the ball at all. But, I mean, it was against the Steelers, so it's not too much of a shock. Um, And Washington got almost 500 yards. So... I think I'm gonna have to stick with that form and stick with Washington. I think uh, <laughs> okay. I do think the Bengals are probably a better rounded team, but the defense for Washington is, uh, you yeah, know, it's a different level.
0: Yeah. Okay. Andy's also gone for Washington, so we've got consensus at least. Yeah. Then we've got the Detroit Lions at the Carolina Panthers. So we've got I Cam am going
1: to go for my. I'm going to go for my Lions to lose this game. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to. to give me, That's to do with the Panthers, I'm afraid. Um, I hope the Lions do win, but this is the Lions. The Lions do this; they win a game really well, and then they go into the next week and stink it out. And that's exactly Mm -hmm. what will happen again, I think. Secretly, as well, there's a there's a number of Lions fans who probably want the Panthers to win this game because they want rid. They well, not necessarily just that. I think they want rid of Matt Patricia. Oh, that as well. Um, So, I mean, the Lions aren't in it. The Lions aren't in it for a new quarterback, so it doesn't matter if you're picking eighth or 18th, it doesn't really matter because you're picking mm. best available and best position. And on draft night, anything can happen. Picking up a Cuda last year I felt was a little bit of a mistake, but they've got a quality piece there. They could have traded that in and got some real draft capital, but yeah, um, the I think the one thing the Lions want to do in the draft at the moment, yeah, and if you start losing games, you're going to be getting better draft picks. And uh, I think getting rid of Matt Patricia is what they really want to do. So I don't think they'll be too disappointed if they do lose this game.
0: Okay. Uh, Andy's also gone for the Panthers. Yeah. Next up, it's the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers at the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Jacksonville Jaguars, have, if we're talking
1: in Spanish. Have we not? Um, <laughs> have the Steelers actually changed their name? Because it's no longer the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's now the undefeated Steelers.
0: Undefeated
1: Steelers. But it does feel like only Steelers fans have got that memo, because they're the only ones saying it. No one else really cares. about the
0: time you understood, Dave, that when you haven't lost a game, you're undefeated?
1: No, I, I understand that. I fully get that. I mean, but at the same time, no one really cares right now because that's not what your season is. So you can just say <laughs> Pittsburgh, all right? You're going to win this game again and you're going to be 10-0. and 0, But don't get too carried away because you're going to lose in the first week of the playoffs. Steelers so. Okay, to fair game.
0: enough. Uh, Andy's also gone for the Steelers.
1: So, yeah, sensible Ob- pitch. Ob- I hope you lose. I hope you lose your winning record to the Jake <laughs> Luton-led Jaguars. You would not be I able to show your it? face in. You would not be able to show your face in the world of podcasting anymore. <laughs> it would be me that lost the game. I didn't lose it. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. But I just want to rub it in, so you know what <laughs> you want from me.
0: <laughs> yeah, sorry, Dave. It's the other way around, though, mate, on this one.
1: Uh this time now
0: it's the uh Tennessee Titans at I know
1: that's why I went that's why I went for you. That's why I went for you. Yeah. What is it? Titans, Titans Titans versus Ravens. Ravens. Both
0: of these teams took an L
1: last week. Uh Titans lost badly though. I mean like Mm. really badly to Philip Rivers. Uh I'm going Ravens, (laughs) Ravens. It might be closer though than we think. Um the ability for the Ravens to well, the ability for the Ravens to apply pressure from the outside with the likes of Clowney is going to be big for this game. If they can do that and do that effectively and make um, Lamar uh, pass through the middle, um, then it could be a big win for them. I mean, we know what the what the Ravens do. They they run it on 60% of the time on first down uh, and they can't throw it outside of the numbers. So if you scheme specifically for that... Then you're going to be all right. And the one thing that we have said about um, about Brian Flores, about him being the only uh, uh, Belichick disciple who's doing well, you've got to remember uh, Mike Rabel as well because he's been top notch.
0: True, true. Do you remember what happened last time the Titans faced the, the Ravens?
1: Um, they all. T Bank Stadium. Yeah, they all hugged and wished each other a happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>
0: Pretty sure the Ravens got taken out of the playoffs.
1: Yes, they did. Um, Which again is a playing, we all know though, playing the Ravens in the playoffs and playing them during the season are two very different things.
0: Not once you've got the booking
1: sorted out. Well, that's the thing, have they? Um, Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see. Hmm. And um, in the playoffs last year, we obviously saw Derek Henry run. His uh, running attempts were measured in miles rather than yards. They were. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see what um, what he does this year. Well, what he does this week against the Ravens.
0: Absolutely. Let's move on then to the New England Patriots at the Houston Texans.
1: Um, Patriots at Texans. That's a dirty game. Can, can I opt for both teams to lose? <laughs> um, or can I can. go for a tie? Can I go for a tie? Um, I mean, you can, yeah. Do you want to tie? Texans, no. Texans <laughs> are dog shit, so I'm yeah. left to go for the Patriots, but I feel horrible doing it. So yeah, Tex, uh, Patriots, Patriots. I think.
0: Okay. Well, I don't know if I told Andy's gone for the Titans in the last game. He's gone for the Texans in this one, so he's got a different AFC South feel for the, the picks at the moment. It's a pity
1: he didn't go for the Jags, but okay. <laughs>
0: he ain't stupid. No. Let's look at the uh, Miami Dolphins at the Denver Broncos then, Dave. What are you doing here?
1: Um, so maybe a blessing in disguise, but we are told that Drew Locke is out this week. Oh, yeah. He's uh, out which, of, isn't he? Yeah, so he got banged up pretty badly. Um, I think it was like Cole Nassib uh, tackle that that did it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's going to be Brett Ripon. Um, I like Brett Ripon. I think he's nothing more than a backup, but he's exciting to watch because he just thinks F- it, I'm going to go lights out. Um, but ultimately, I think the Dolphins will walk away with the win, and unfortunately, it might be a heavy win. So <laughs> I am going to go Dolphins on this one.
0: Oh dear, Dave. Well, uh, yeah. yeah, Andy agrees with you. For it just win, takes though.
1: us just takes us one step closer to getting Justin Fields next season.
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess. So the Jets are off their bye week and they're at the LA
1: Chargers. Um, Chargers. I mean, Jets are the worst team I've ever seen. So, yeah, Chargers. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, I don't care. It, it could be the 2008 Lions playing them. Yeah, honestly, the Jets are. Hey? Eh?
0: And he has gone for the Chargers as well. well. I'm not going yeah, to argue I mean, this one too much. No, it's
1: a sensible thing to do.
0: The Green Bay Packers are at the Indianapolis Colts.
1: Both teams won last week. Um, if it's in Green Bay, I think it's an utter no-brainer. No, I know. I think it's an <laughs> utter no-brainer. It makes it a bit more tricky, the fact it's in Indianapolis. But then... Uh, fair weather, it's in a dome. Yeah, I'm looking at Packers. Packers should walk that one.
0: Packers, okay. Well, Andy has gone for the Colts.
1: Has <laughs> he really? Wow, yep. okay. Oh, okay. I saw his picks earlier on. I can't remember what he picked though, and that's a bit of a surprise. Okay, fair play. <laughs> Still surprising. Mm. You never know. Absolutely. You never know. Uh, well, he, just, the... he just sent me a list of teams. I didn't I didn't see the the actual I didn't see the actual game, so I just it was just a list of teams. We was, all know that, you've that got Dory brain, anyway.
0: So you're going to remember these picks. Uh, yes, three games left, Dave. First up, it's the Dallas Cowboys at the Minnesota Vikings.
1: Cowboys at Vikings. Uh, that was off the bye? Uh, that doesn't matter. That's that's a myth. I didn't. I've done some <laughs> stats on this. Uh, it genuinely doesn't matter. Uh, I think the. I uh, I I can't bet for the Cowboys at the moment, so I'm going to go the other way. I think. Okay. Um. So yeah. No, I am going to go. With, I think Andy Dalton's uh, just
0: been taken off the uh, IR list this week, so he might be playing.
1: Okay. So and that's meant to sway me, is it? No. <laughs> but it's for the listeners out there, Dave. It's not. Okay. I'm. <laughs> I'm still going to stick with the Vikings.
0: All right. Uh, Andy, as a Cowboy, has gone for the Cowboys. Yep. Um, probably at a lower too. It's a must you know. So the Sunday night game is the Kansas City Chiefs at the Las Vegas Raiders AFC West matchup between the top two teams. So,
1: so the Raiders. So this year, if we look at teams who have won two on the bounce, the chances of them getting three on the bounce is extremely high. So of the teams that have done that this season, there's a 75% hit ratio for you doing that. Now, we're often told to believe that if you come off a bye, you're more likely to win. When in fact, this season so far, if you come off a bye, you've only got a 50% win ratio. 11 teams, uh, sorry, there's 22 games that have been played with teams coming off a bye. 11 Mm -hmm. wins and 11 losses. Going into a bye, you're much more likely to win. So, 14 wins (sighs) against 8 losses. So... The Raiders also beat Kansas earlier this season at Arrowhead, yeah. and part of me really wants to go for the Raiders. Uh, I and you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna be brave and go for the Raiders.
0: <laughs> but the Chiefs on the four-game win streak—they've got a points differential of 103 compared to the Raiders' 14, hmm? and they're eight and one. was
1: well, the last Raiders? Are, the last team oh, they lost against? That's the only who's team. the last team against? they lost against? The only team. Well, there you lost go. Just Dave, I am going one place six and three. All right,
0: all right, you go for the Raiders. I'm I'm going going for the Raiders.
1: I mean, I know they embarrass me, so you know, I know I'm I know that I'm wrong on this, but I'm going to go for the Raiders.
0: All right, Andy's gone for the Chiefs. So Monday night, it's the Los Angeles Rams at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, both teams got the win last week. (sighs)
1: the games that the bucks really struggle in are the games where it's the games where they come up against really strong offense uh, defenses that can apply pressure and what's the one thing the rams do as well as anyone else apply pressure straight through the middle as well mm-hmm. every fiber of my being is telling me i should go for the bucks because they are a better team um the
0: long way to travel again for the rams
1: yeah, that's the, that's the other thing. The fact is in Tampa or Tompa. Tompa. Um, yeah, so I'm going to play it safe and go for... No, sorry. I'm going to go for the Rams. <laughs> go hard. Swing for the fence. Yeah. So there's got to be about seven differences between... Yeah, because Andy's gone for the bucks, So Andy and I. Oh, is he got it? Okay, that makes sense. So let's do some quick calculations. That's eight differences between the two of us.
0: The Chicago Bears, Buffalo Bills, New York Giants, and San Francisco 49ers are on the bye this week. So those are the picks. Last thing before we go then, Dave, are the uh, bets. So mm-hmm. what are you going for this week? Are you going for an Acker?
1: Yeah, 15. Um So again, early oh. early bets. Early, early bets-wise, I'm not able to actually get uh, anything that's resoundingly interesting. So I'm going to go for a £5 bet wow that's uh five to one okay um and i'm gonna go for the cards the Steelers, the ravens the browns and the chargers um and the one that's boosting that up significantly is the cardinals hmm and what so, are the yeah i think on that then uh 30 quid just over 30 pounds yeah so pretty much double what I'm, what I'm on sitting on right now. So i stuck a five on it. Well,
0: I've gone with an eight-team Dave, because I've got manly-manly. Oh, wow, okay.
1: No, um, you haven't. You've got girly-girly balls.
0: Well, you picked five, I picked eight. So let the listeners be the judge of who's got the biggest balls. Um, I've also gone against you on a couple of these picks as well, I think. So I've gone for the Patriots to beat the Texans. Texans, yeah. yeah. I've gone for the Panthers to beat the Lions, like you did in the picks. Steelers to beat the Jags, obviously, just to uh, pad out the Acker. Titans to beat the Ravens, because of what they did last season. And Derek Henry is a beast. Uh, The Dolphins to beat the Broncos. The Chargers to beat the Jets, because you know it's the Jets. The Vikings to beat the Cowboys. And the Bucks to beat the Rams. So I have put a £2 stake on that. And if I win, I get £79.89. So, it's about time to catch you up, Dave. Um,
1: yeah, it's about time you're dead. <laughs> yeah. um, the one thing I would say, though, is after ridiculing me about the uh, Chiefs, not confident enough to put them in your accumulator, I see.
0: Well, um, no, I didn't say it was going to be an easy game, and there's a good chance the Raiders could win that.
1: Mm. I, I think did. it's almost dead set. It.
0: Titans over the Ravens away, so there you go. And perhaps yeah, the could be lose. quite spicy
1: as well. So, to anyone who's listening, um, bet against all of those in the country. Outrageous. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> well,
0: there we go, guys. Uh, make sure you're subscribing. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter at Jim and the King, at Denver Dave 30, and then for fan support. Um, yeah, always looking to get more people on. Uh, so, if you want to give a go against Dave on the picks as well, let us know and submit your picks for week 12. Um, but until next week, I've been Jim. That's been Never David. Thank you so much for listening.